Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Left Turns and Loud Noises. We are on episode 120. I am your host, Anthony Dietrich, recording live on March 28th, 2023. Uh, We took a week off, probably for the best it was for our mentals, but nonetheless, we are back and better than ever. Um, I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Kevin Costello. What's good, dude? Yeah, no, it's a a nice weekend looking forward ahead with us. We got F1 IndyCar and NASCAR back on track. But yeah, doing doing good. Um just just ready for another full slate of uh of racing. And of course, we have Nolan Sutton back as well. Hello, Nolan. What is up everybody? That's it. That's all you got. What is up, I, everybody? I was waiting for more. So I was waiting oh, for more. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. No, I'm I'm excited to be back. It's been uh, it's been a couple of weeks. I know you guys took a week off, or we took a week off last week, but um, we have lots of juicy stuff to talk about in regards to Coda, and also uh, this next week, which is as what Kevin said, a full slate of racing this upcoming weekend. So I'm pumped about it. Yeah. Well, glad to have you here, and glad that we actually have a full slate of racing of full options pretty much as some of the races might be uh intertwined with each other or overlapping i guess would be a good phrase because a couple of the schedulings are a little interesting this weekend so we got a full slate of stock car racing over in cup we got uh cup i'm sorry cup and expandy at richmond uh trucks are in texas again no keeping them keeping them in the lone star state also in Texas uh, is IndyCar, only doing a one race, no doubleheader this year, and Formula One down under, as Kevin said. Yes, very excited. Uh, will I be staying up to 2 a.m. Friday night slash Saturday morning to watch a Red Bull 1, 2, and qualifying? Most likely not, but I will mm-hmm. try to watch the race. I'm definitely going to try and watch the race on Saturday night, Sunday morning. But yeah, the qualifying might have to take a back seat. Um, probably, like you said, <laughs> Red Bull 2 is the most likely of things, at, at that, that, which is now a power, power track. Oh, yeah. Last well, year. The only thing that's like, that I'm like, oh, maybe I'll stay up, is that Australia is like notoriously Red Bull's worst track for whatever reason. I don't know if it's the the southern hemisphere engine or if it's the daniel ricardo australian curse lingering over the program but for whatever reason it's just it's just not been a good track uh for red bull but they're looking good this year probably the most promising they've ever looked at australia and yeah no uh we'll see what we'll see what happens for sure for sure so I guess we should probably get into the mix of what happened last weekend at Circuit of the Americas. Uh, it was a uh, it was a weekend, I guess you could say. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, I, 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 I have so many places where I could start. Um, I'd like to get me some positivity in from you guys, as I'm sure that you guys can always find the positive in something. I here, here's your positivity for me. 
I actually had to work on Sunday and got home watching Tyler Reddick enter turn 20 on the last lap. I'm not joking. I turned it on him entering turn 20 on the last lap uh, to win. So I missed all the overtime shenanigans. I was following it along on Twitter. So I, I can't wait to, to hear Anthony's rant and to what Nolan has to say about it as well. Yeah, let's let Nolan go first before I, I dig in. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spread a little bit of positivity on, on this race. And I will say that not having cautions for the stage breaks was refreshing. I thought that the first 90% of the race was excellent. It was, it was just a lot of fun to pay attention to the different strategies. Tyler Reddick on a three-tire strategy with William Byron on a two-tire strategy. And yeah, there were you know a couple of cautions here and there. And I know that there was one caution that was right on that edge of people making it and whether or not they had to save. So it was like it went from like a three you know a three stop strategy to a two stop strategy and then it turned into a fuel mileage race and it was so much fun watching you know Tyler Reddick and William Byron manage it and then you know just trying they had to like save a lap or two and then they were like oh Ross Chastain you know he's able to to make it on fuel and then you see Daniel Suarez just hauling ass toward these guys and it was turning out to be a really solid finish because there were just four or five different players up in the front after I think it was a it was a Brad Kozlowski caution or or maybe even the dirt caution I don't know which one it was but then after that it became so frustrating to watch it, it upset me more because I had so much fun watching the race and enjoying everything that it had to offer. And it just turned into just pure chaos. And it just ruined that that positive vibe that they're just the exciting vibe that the race had. It just it just crushed it. And it kept crushing it. And every single time they would wreck, they just kept crushing it and crushing it. And that's how I feel about it. It was it was really frustrating. And 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 my big thing with this is is I know that a lot of people look towards NASCAR and they're like, you know, make some rules. And I do think there are some rules that NASCAR can put into play, but at the end of the day, we tune in to watch the drivers race, right? And they need to put on a good show for us. But when they go out there and they act like fools, like it's going to cause people to tune out. Like I think that a lot of the conversations that a lot of people need to be having this week is, you know, the drivers are the ones who put on the show and they need to make sure that they're putting on a good show and not acting like idiots. And that's kind of where I stand with everything that happened this past weekend. That's that's a good way to really round it out. I'm gonna yeah. have a I'm gonna have a more vulgar response, so bear with me here. <laughs> um, I figured so based off of your uh, your tweets there. <laughs> yeah, so I um I, 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 first of all, I, I tweet a lot. I like screaming into the void. I have like 350 followers. I don't, I don't have a big following. I don't, I don't need a big following. I, you know, I'm, I'm Nick Bromberg on Twitter, but with a far more angry response. <laughs> I said Angie, angry response to everything. Um, just because I've been a fan of the sport since I was six years old and I have been watching this pretty much consecutively for the past, wow, uh, 12 years now because I took a little bit of time off around Jimmy Johnson's reign of terror. Um, I, the past two weekends, and I'm, I'm saying this as someone who's been watching this for, as, as you know, just my generation been watching this as long as he could. These two last weekends have been some of just the, the worst experiences I've had as a NASCAR fan. And to Nolan's point, it was going awesome, I think. On Sunday, I think that the removal of the stages, um, the stage cautions was was a great idea. However, every single race, it felt like when we removed them, we immediately got a caution right after. It wasn't really, and obviously that's natural to happen. You know, a car stopped on the track, some debris, um, stuff like that. But I mean, we got a caution at one point for dirt on the track because NASCAR picks and chooses where it was doing its course cutting, which I can get into that later. But it, it, it there I, I was the caution that was it the, the dirt that caused the whole like start of the madness? Was that or was it the Keslowski spin? I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. I would have to let me let me look into that. Let me see. Let me look yeah. at the race report and get back to you on that. But I was just every restart became more and more frustrating because 
it I knew what it was all going to boil down to. It was just going to boil down to who's going to send it the hardest in a turn one, who's going to ruin someone else's day so they can gain three spots, much like a last lap wreck at a super speedway, who's going to ruin everyone's day so they can gain a couple positions. And that's how it felt every restart. And Ryan Priest, you know, put it the best way he possibly could. These guys don't race with any goddamn respect at all. Like, it is insane to me how it's the same few drivers, it's the same people causing this all the time, and I hate to be the guy to say it, but, like, it's a lot of the guys that, you know, they always had the faster car because daddy's bills paid paid for them to be the fastest. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, these drivers haven't had to work to where they've been. Like, Ross Chastain obviously had to work to where he was. But I I feel like there's just some lack of respect and lack of the respect for the people having to build these cars every single week because they're getting trashed. And I even put it into a tweet during the race that, you know, the Tony Stewart quote, we haven't junked enough cars, always seems to come into play because we could have ended that race very quickly. And it was more ridiculous that we were getting cautions when Tyler Reddick was coming to the white flag on like turn 21 or whatever, like three times. And then the yellow flag came out. It's like, we've been entertained enough. Let me go back and hang out with my girlfriend's family. Let me go back and and have dessert. You know, I'm being held hostage by this race. And that's what it felt like. I was being held hostage by, by the race at some points. I, I, it was just a, a, it was a tough experience dealing with just knowing there was going to be some kind of an incident, knowing there was going to be some kind of a mess. And uh, Nolan, did you figure it out by the way? I did. So it was Brad Kozlowski uh, stalling on the racetrack. So lap 41 was was the dirt debris uh, with 23 to go, but 12 to go is when Brad Kozlowski stalled and he was off track. And then that's when we started going. Yeah. We don't have local yellows. We don't have marshals running on the track. I mean, on, honest to God, if there was any sport that you probably could have had, like motorsport, where you could have had marshals trying to clean up the track, it, it would have been this one where it takes two and a half minutes to get on. And obviously, we don't do that anymore. But, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty when you're fuming at the race. But the fact of the matter is, the Austin Dillon incident, you know, that one kind of was like, we've already pretty much almost got to the white flag. How much debris is really on the track? When you look at how the final restart went, there was debris everywhere. I was worried that Tyler Reddick was going to absolutely blow a tire coming to the checker because he's the first one going through that, you know? Like, that's that's Tyler Reddick trying to figure it out if it's good to go. And obviously, we didn't want to see another caution, but it, it, there's inconsistency all the time with NASCAR. And it was frustrating. The drivers are obviously upset, but it's the same drivers who are upset, Denny Hamlin, for example, that are also shit starters. So where does this really land for you guys? Like, what do you want to see change? Do we want to see it enforced? Elton Sawyer just went on Sirius XM radio and said, this is fine. We don't see a need to enforce um, driver etiquette. What do you guys think? I'm just, I just want to say I'm so proud of, of that rant. That was a great rant. Uh, I was honestly less vulgar than I thought it was. Less be. vulgar than I, I thought. No, I, I, I've, I've cooled down over the last 48 hours. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was a fair rant, Anthony. I mean, uh, to answer your question, I, I struggle with this because I have always been underneath the thought process of the drivers really need to police it themselves. And NASCAR really shouldn't get involved because as what you mentioned, NASCAR is inconsistent and, and opening up the door for judgment calls has always been a challenge. And I see some of the things that formula one goes through, even though I don't watch it as frequently as you guys do, you know, I see stuff on Twitter and I see some of the comments that people make. So those judgment calls can always, you know, become a challenge and, and kind of, kind of my, with the overtime restarts, I really feel like they need to give it one double file restart. And if, if they can't do it, then they need to go single file on the second one, right? Like they need to, they need to kind of maybe redo how they're, how the restarts are going. Or we just, as what Ryan priest said, somebody needs to get punched in the face and people need to straighten up. But I don't know if that's, that's good enough. Ryan Priest has also said that multiple times and is yet to swing hands. So I, you know, I would have thought he would have done it to, uh, 
cracks in that one year, but it, it or, or was that? No, I'm thinking of Hemrick. Sorry. Regardless, Ryan Priest is a lot of talk, but he is correct though. Someone is going to get punched in the face at some point, and it's probably going to be this year if it keeps acting like this. And to your point about like F1 rules, I mean, we we saw it Saudi Arabia the whole mess with is Fernando Alonso on the podium or not? So F1 obviously has issues, but they have a rule book that is very cut and dry. It's just whether or not the people enforcing the rule book you know, know what they're doing. And that's, that's, that's yeah. another, that's another thing that can be discussed in, in <laughs> here, but you know, it, and that's another thing about the rule book though, the course cutting, you know, we had a caution late in the race um, or in the middle of the race because of dirt, because there is parts of the track you cannot cut and parts of the track you absolutely can. And I get it. It makes for better racing. I will say I racing this week with Coda or last week, there were moments I was absolutely fuming because I would get a, a tire off the racing surface and get an instant point for it. Nuts. You can. It's better for stock car racing to be able to have runoff. When does it become too much? And obviously with the dirt on the track, I was annoyed about that. And with the penalties, there were so many of them, especially in the Xfinity and truck race that we didn't even hear about. Um, NASCAR should have done, it's taking a piece from the FIA, where they warn you, hey, you just went off the track. You do that again. We're going to penalize you. Instead, it's an immediate penalty. How is the driver ever supposed to know? And some drivers are forced down there, too. I noticed, like, in two situations, drivers were forced into a situation they had to go below that. Is a 30-second penalty of coming down pit road really worth the half a second they might have gained? I don't know. Because God forbid we use time penalties. Yeah, I mean, I I've always thought the penalty with the S's was was always an interesting call, just in in general, because yeah. the cars are built in a way to where they can kind of cut through the the bumps and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then again, opens up to a judgment call. Speaking of the S's, by the way, I don't know if you caught this, Anthony. Um, when Joey Logano got busted and he jumped on the radio and he was oh, like, yeah. "NASCAR, why aren't you consistent?" And then Mike Joy is like. Yeah, well, there's three other guys that got hit with the same penalty, so I don't know what Joey's talking about. I kind of, uh, I kind of thought that was funny with a little sass from Mr. Yeah, no, Mike, Mike Joy has become way too sassy. Uh, <laughs> I will say he's he needs to check himself a little bit at times, but I I I I don't I don't disagree with Joey. Like you know, because he was he was wasn't he in the broadcast booth on Saturday? Uh, I believe he was. Yep, yep. Yeah, so he's watching that, and he saw. I'm sure he saw a bunch of the leaders. Also yeah. going below that line. At one point, William Byron did it two laps in a row and never got penalized. But I mean, yeah, it, there's it should be a warning, then a penalty. You know, like every other motorsport in the world. But yeah, know. I I I agree with the warning. I think that's fair. NASCAR yeah. warns you. Same thing with the restarts. Sometimes that they'll throw a warning to somebody like, hey, that was yeah. close, but it wasn't you know bad enough to where we have to penalize you. Exactly, and and that's the thing. Like with you know going back to what you said with the restarts, like you know with. The fact that they could penalize, we, we we should also be doing the single file. I know in one, again, I racing is different, but in one league I run, if you we have back to back cautions on a restart, we are single file until we figure it out. And you know, some you gotta treat the drivers like they don't know what they're doing sometimes in that regard. It looked like they didn't know what they were doing. It's a, yeah, it's a I agree. It was. I mean, it happens. One mm-hmm. look, one overtime restart is fine. Like, yeah. you know, sometimes it adds a little bit of spice. Now, for the beginning of this season, I will say it's it's a little old because it seems like uh, the majority of races have been underneath the overtime restarts. So that that gets old. Six, four out of six yeah. been overtime restarts. Which shockingly, Atlanta was not one of those. I, yeah. I I know that 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 is a controversial track. You know, a lot of people were not happy the fact that. You know, it was repaved, and and I'm torn on it, to be honest with you, uh, with kind of the the future of of that track. But I will give credit where it's due. You know, we saw an absolute shit show with the Xfinity cars and the trucks, but, you know, the cup guys were able to race 50 laps and, like, race each other hard and not tear up anything, even on the last lap. So I know that these guys are capable of doing it. It's just doing it. It's helpful that Atlanta, you can't physically go three wide for more than half a lap. That also that, kind of helps. That is them a very bit. true. But is true. We, we, you did see, and I know we're going, we're backtracking a week here, but you did see that Eric Jones went from 18th to 8th on the last lap, more than possible, to make moves happen. Of course, Eric Jones, I don't know how he didn't die doing that. Like, that was the <laughs> meme. That was literally the meme. How are you not fucking dead right now? Like, honest to God. Just 
that, that and that's a whole another discussion. But yeah, I mean, we had a great finish. I I'm not a Joey Logano fan. I know you like Logano, um, Nolan a little bit, but the, the wife does. The wife does. Yeah. So. And that's <laughs> I'm trying to make sure that Heather the is, I'm I'm gonna make sure that Heather, if she ever starts watching NASCAR and dares roots for Joey Logano, I'll show her what the hair looked like before the transplants. But um <laughs> I'm kidding. He um, shows up on the broadcast and Sam's like his hair looks really nice. I like it. And I'm like, that's fake. So, hey, you know, a lot of people have fake hair. Tom Brady, Joe Buck, I know, uh, Jeff I know. Gordon. People, people don't want to talk about the Gordon hair plugs. You know that he has hair plugs, right? I, I did I not now. know that, but I, yeah, dude, there's no shot that Jeff Gordon is like 55 years old with hair like that. There's no shot. Oh, Going back to racing, for I guess. <laughs> Obviously, I, I, as someone who watched the last like twenty seconds of the race uh, live, what made the racing so good up until the chaos? There was a point where I think all five of the leaders were like nose to tail with each other. Like, I'm, I'm not crazy for, or was that the Xfinity race too? Where they were doing that? There was like no, points it, where, it, like, no, it was, it was. You're right, yeah. Anthony. Yeah, because it was, it was Byron, Reddick, Suarez, Chastain, and yeah. Bowman. I think. Dude, there were. I did not know who was going to win that race if it stayed green. Honest to God, that could have been anyone's race. I thought that the three tire, the three stop strategy, might have looked stupid on paper, but the way that Coda was really working the tires, like you, if you're going to do two two stops, you had to be good at saving. And Byron was struggling with that on the second stop. And, and I mean, Reddick was just the the class of the field, the second half of the race, in my opinion. But it wasn't like he had like a huge lead throughout. He still had to pit a second, a third time, and make it work and all that. So you had no idea what was going to work in whose favor. It was there was a lot of good battles. You know, I, I people were making it work through the stadium section to make passes, and and that's something that you always wonder. Well, it's a slow section. How does that work? They were they were leaning on each other a bit, beating and banging, but there wasn't anything too aggressive at that point. Obviously, no restarts there, but it was good racing. There was a lot of dives. I mean, some of them didn't work, and in some of the instances, brakes failed. It, it was it was it was fun. There was a lot of interesting strategy to it, and it was nice to have it for once. I I agree, and and hopefully. We see because this was the new downforce package for the road course. Like this was the first yeah. road course with the you know with thirty percent less less downforce. Yeah, it makes me excited for Richmond next weekend. I know that you know the past <laughs> couple of Richmond. No, I mean, but the past couple no, of Richmond no. races have not been fun. Which is weird to hear. <laughs> yeah, right. But like, but seeing how the cars like. You know, I tweeted out uh, during qualifying, and I was like, "Hey, like, does it note like does it seem like the drivers are working the car more than what they normally would be doing on a road course?" And and I I felt that while I was watching it. So I hope that with Richmond, what we see next weekend, I hope that's the same situation that we're gonna see. It's these guys are gonna be working the cars. It's a it's a high tire wear racetrack, but hopefully they'll be able to pass. That's that's that's, that's what I want to see. I'm. Well, you know, I'll, I'll we'll look ahead to Richmond because I actually found something interesting on Racing Reference um, where I can look at Larry's trends basically for the races. Um, and by the way, Larry's in the booth for Richmond. I'm very excited for that. But um, just yeah, there's there's definitely um, definitely the package was was amplified because if you're gonna have this many road courses and a street course on the schedule, you want to make sure that the racing is good. And I, it doesn't need to always have a green white checkered for it to be good you know that's what drives me nuts is that like all the highlights i feel like i see are of green white checkers when we've had good racing in the past with just straight up you know racing to the win you know what i mean like i yeah. just it, it it hurts sometimes but you know it is what it is i i also just i want to just go on with the broadcast itself um you know, a lot of things about it still. It's the same old with Fox. Just, I don't know what it is about who they have, like, employed with the direction and the camera work, but why do we never see what the shit show is going on behind the top four when they're, like, three wide, they immediately cut to just a zoomed-in shot of the leader? Like, I'm not crazy in that, right? No, it's been bad. No. It's terrible. There was a point where there was three cars backwards 
in turn one on one of the restarts, and we did not see it for 90 seconds. The caution came out, and they were like, oh, there was a couple cars spun out there. And, I mean, Clint Boyer, like, is doing the best he can. He sounds confused every single week he's in the booth. It sounds, it feels like he doesn't know, like, where he's supposed to be looking. Mike Joy is just kind of checked out, it feels like. And God bless the people they bring in the booth. Gunter Steiner was just kind of like Methy on our podcast where it's like, hey, Methy, what do you think about this? And I, this is all respect to Methy. Like, Gunter did the best he could. But, like, you know, it's like, like we, we can go on for like a 20-minute rant, and then it's like, oh, shit, wait, Methy's here. You know? If it's four yeah. of us. If it's three of us, yeah. it's easier to get him involved in the conversation. We love you, Methy. So. Yeah, I... My frustration with Fox, I mean, I'm over the point where after I felt like after Vegas, I was like, all right, let's bring on NBC. But it was in Atlanta. I didn't think the broadcast in Atlanta was too bad. And then it was like two to go. They went like side, not side by side. Side by side with two in-car shots of the drivers. One of them was Chastain running in 12th. And I was like, what are we doing? It's it's just comical, man, and it's yeah. it's just there's no there's no heart in it anymore, and I like the whole like internet warrior thing, blah blah blah. Like Mike Joy, I yeah. wanted to touch on the last time. Like I at one at the first one, you're like, all right, haha, <laughs> funny. Like I get it, kind of cringe, but now it's just like, what are we doing here? Like I know I posted that meme a couple weeks ago. It was like Mike Joy when when fans want to see uninterrupted racing and it like the shocked face whatever but it's just like you were actually you... like um someone took not to bring it up i guess but someone screenshotted your response it was like see nascar fans are mad and i was like oh that's kevin wait really yeah i, I wouldn't worry the guy doesn't get a lot of interactions so. hell yeah he I, said, I have a funny story to tell you after though was he in the huh? discord thingy no, 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 no. I'll tell you after the podcast. Because he, the first time I met him in real life, he said something funny to me. So I'll just tell you after this. I respect. But yeah, it's no, I, I don't know. It's like, I I would like proper racing coverage. And yeah. Fox is just just not providing it anymore. And it's It's, it's countdown shame. to what? It's countdown to Nashville is when NBC takes over? Yep. Yeah, so countdown to Nashville. That's how I feel. Yeah. We're just putting up with it. They they had a thing on the broadcast where they were talking about the upcoming races, and they were like, we have Bristol Dirt next. It's like, oh, great. Another shit show I don't want to watch. And then Talladega <laughs> is supposed to be the fucking palate cleanser. Like, ugh. And then they showed the Coke 600, and I got so excited because the Coke 600 was one of my favorite races last year. Which, yeah. by the way, it was a shit show, but it had great racing throughout. And I'm yeah. thinking about going, to be honest. But, like... <laughs> Like, when I'm excited for the Coke 600, the longest race of the year, with the Bar of Remembrance, which, by the way, the Bar of Remembrance is the same thing as the Caution Bar they have at the top now. I don't know if you remember that from last year, but they had a Bar of Remembrance. And when it counted down to 400, it was going to fill up the bar with green. And that's the same thing we have right now with the with the Caution Bar. Okay. Uh, yeah. Noted. I, yeah, man, I don't know. Like, even, honestly, like, the Xfinity broadcasts, like, I thought the, I, I've, not this past week, the, the, whatever Atlanta was, uh, I think it was Logano and Blaney? Um, and, and granted, that race was the shit show of all shit shows, mm-hmm. but that, the broadcast was really good. I don't know, the Xfinity, I liked the, the two-driver and then out of bounds Vander kind of combo that they got going on right now, uh, so hope they, true. hope they continue that. I think that this season I've grown to actually appreciate Adam Alexander a little bit more, which is wild to say. I still think he has a voice of just I, I, I can't really deal with too, for too long. But compared to, like, Jamie Little in the booth, oh, my goodness. The Jamie Little in the booth experiment might need to end soon. She she was very bad on that Atlanta call and the Coda call. Ladies and gentlemen, like, you heard it here first. Anthony hates women. I do not hate women. <laughs> I think that we have other people we can put in. Happy in, International Day, uh, Women's Month right here. Can straight I, from it, Love Journal. Way, way to close it out, Anthony. <laughs> okay. Do you you know um J- Dr. Jerry Punch's daughter does the international feed for yeah. NASCAR races? She's fantastic. I, if she's in the booth, she would do an amazing job. She's a pit reporter right now. She That's would cool. be fantastic 
replacing Jamie Little. Jamie Little is fine being a pit reporter. You know, uh, people in the industry call her the angel of death because when she's interviewing you, it normally means you're leaving the infield care center. So, <laughs> you know, just... I'm fine with that, but the truck races, you know, I've never, I still don't miss Vince Welch at all. Let me, let me, let me be clear. I do not miss Vince Welch at all, but we have replaced Vince with just another Vince Welch. I've only had like three truck races and that's it this year. If that, I I mean, dude, we'll have a fourth one this weekend and I won't, I probably am going to miss it. I might, I might take off, honestly. Anything exciting from Xfinity or trucks this past weekend besides our, our boy Brad Perez getting a P29, the same as Kimmy Reichman. So I'm, yeah, I, I'm basically the goats finished P29 in Coda. King shit on their part, man. And, and uh-huh. Also, I wanted to shout out all the road ringers. Jordan Taylor looked so scared that first lap, like a dog with this tail tucked between his legs on that first lap. He was getting bullied. Did not realize he was going to get bullied. Shouts out Jensen Button, by the way. Highest finishing road ringer. Um, Xfinity race, I thought, was like, it was not competitive for anyone else outside of the names of AJ Allmendinger and William Byron. And William Byron almost did catch AJ at the end. I was really rooting for him. Completely shit the bed on the last lap and unfortunately uh, couldn't make it super exciting. But I thought it was fine. Um, You know, and the truck race, I mean, F- FRM is cracked at Coda. I guess that's the only way you can put it. Nolan? Yeah, no, I so I agree with Anthony on the Xfinity race. It was uh, the last couple of laps were a lot of fun, except for AJ cleaning out Sheldon Creed. Um, yeah, he I did the exact was... same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so he, <laughs> he cleaned out Sheldon Creed. And, and uh, yeah, so I thought that was interesting because now – the last two, three laps are just cup regulars. I was like, ah, Twitter's probably not going to be a big fan of that. But, you know, outside of that, I thought that the, uh, the the Xfinity race was a lot of fun. The truck race, it was just really strung out. I mean, Zane Smith won with like a four-second lead, and Kyle was supposed to catch him, but he never he never did yeah. um, after, I don't know if it was a bad pit stop or, or what exactly happened there. The, the um, truck tire were so bad for them. It's hard to really make anything happen outside the first few laps of the run. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, I enjoyed the Xfinity race. It was a good, it was a good redemption based off of last weekend. And, um, I know we were kind of talking about the broadcast a little bit and, and, you know, talking about Xfinity and truck, I can't really speak to the truck piece, but the Xfinity broadcast was really good with, with Adam Alexander and, uh, Brad and Joey. So I, I think that that's probably, uh, something that Fox should probably look into in regards to making the broadcast better is just having, um, maybe some different talent in there to just make a better broadcast. I think that might be that might be one big thing about it too. But I know we already talked about that. But I wanted to throw in that I really did enjoy having Joey and Brad and Adam Adam Alexander up there. Yeah. Hey, overall, I mean, it was it was it was fine racing. Again, I brought it up earlier about how we don't have the cautions for the stages, but it felt like three times there was a caution immediately after the stage ended anyways. So, I mean, you know, is what it is. Can't help it. If a car stopped on the track, I think that happened. And also, um, unfortunate ending for our boy, Preston Partis. Um, I don't know what happened exactly. It says suspension broke, but that car looked really messed up. Um, so unfortunately we have to get Preston back on here before one of his other road courses and Brad, as well, well. WP Financial. We'll, we'll get both of them all at the same time, maybe. But yeah, P Financial and uh, and and Bread, uh, two uh, alumni on here. Hey, at least they made the race. Our other alumni, um, Garrett Smithley, did not again, unfortunately. So, R.I.P. Um, all right. Well, good. I'm glad I'm done talking about Xfinity or Skoda. <laughs> Onward when, we go. When when is the next road course? The next road course is until Sonoma, I believe. Oh, thank goodness. That one might be better. That one typically a you get long runs anyways there, doesn't have a caution late, and typically the racing kind of sorts itself out anyways. That is a track I think that is going to benefit the most from no stage breaks. The last non 
stage race at Sonoma was Tony Stewart's final win. So I hold very fond memories of that race. Um, that was also a 22-lap run to the finish, Kevin. No green-white checkered involved there. I know. And Tony Stewart got up front because of strategy that he pulled and that you could not have pulled with cautions or with stages. You know, obviously we're done talking about Coda, but man, I feel for Jimmy. He was there for two yeah. laps and got absolute. He got lifted off the ground. What if what if Jimmy Johnson's first ever flip would have been at Circuit of the Americas in the '84 car? Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about that on Sunday. It's like that was almost Jimmy's first flip. Like it's it, it it's coming for him. He he should have stayed out while he had he had zero flips on his resume. <laughs> It's, Him and it's Hamlin, gunning. they're due. I mean, they're beyond uh, due. Ham- Hamlin's well overdue on that one, you know. Um, hey, we still got the we still got the Coke six hundred. This is true. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say Busher pulled that off last year, so let's see if Jimmy can uh, this year. Is Jimmy doing the Coke six hundred? Yes. Yeah, yeah, he is. I thought he was only doing Chicago. Dude, I don't know. If he he should just. He should do the Coke six hundred. Like when I like the two. Is. The two races, and not to get off topic for too long, but the two races I think about with Jimmy Johnson and his domination, Coke 600 and Dover races. Man. Yeah, those Dover. Are, yeah, Dover is, like, if Jimmy doesn't run Dover, oh. I think he's doing yep. the 600, but not the All-Star race. That's um, fine. I, I wouldn't want to do North Wilkesboro right now anyways. That track looks way too bumpy still. Yeah. Hella fall off though, so that's gonna be a fun fun week. It's gonna be interesting. I think the truck race is gonna be a banger though. I think that I think that's gonna be the show yeah. of the weekend. Yeah. Um all right. All right. So Perm- this week motorsport.com, uh Jimmy oh. Johnson is he added uh, the Coke six hundred on March fourteenth. So that's yep, awesome. he's gonna be there. Yep. Yeah, he probably didn't want to do the Indy five hundred again. I wonder why. <laughs> that impact was rough. <laughs> Anyways, um so we have <laughs> Richmond. I've been looking at so I've been looking at my trends, and over the last um, it looks like seven races we've had under we have had five or less cautions in all the races since and that's um, yeah since twenty eighteen. There's not a lot of cautions here, even with the tire fall off. The drivers have been able to handle this track pretty well. Now I've been looking at this and. What I found interesting was the last four races all had five cautions, including the two stage breaks. Um, the lead changes, however, have all been, outside of one race, have all had over 15 lead changes. So there's a lot of turnover in this race, and that does have to do with the green flag pit stops, obviously. But it does leave for some interesting strategies to be played out here. Um, I think that... Um, this race with the lower downforce, we probably might see a little bit more cautions potentially. Um, we still have the stage breaks here, so we'll see that there. But I think that, um, you know, the, the way the tire wear is, I'm looking at the average speed of this race with five cautions last year was 98 miles an hour. In 2012, with five cautions, the average speed was 105 miles an hour. Obviously, different packages, different cars, but the tire wear is clearly much more impactful um you know I'm, I'm i'm expecting that if any if there's a winning strategy here if this race goes long i like what denny did last year pit pit later than everyone else have the faster tires and work your way through the field it worked last year i think it would work again if the race stays green yeah i'm, I'm excited <laughs> to see i'm assuming that the stage lengths are the same as last year i have um, no idea i'm looking right now Probably. I mean, with it being such a good finish last year with it, the slow burn for sure, I'd assume it would be. Yeah, I, I know it's Richmond has for a while now kind of felt like the outlier on the short tracks. Like it's the the one like we're excited for Bristol, obviously. Um, Martinsville has been a banger, but Richmond's kind of just been a eh, we'll get through it's the Martin's weekend. Martinsville been a banger. Uh, in the late 2010s, Some, it was. Sometimes it is. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it is. Sometimes Last it's... year wasn't as great. Um, Playoff Martinsville's a banger. Playoff Martinsville, yeah, because yeah, the stress. Always. Yeah, but what what I'm trying to say is Richmond's been one of those weekends that it's just kind of meh. And low-key, we have two of them this year because Richmond's not in the playoffs anymore. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't – it's – 
hopefully some good can come of it because NASCAR at this point honestly kind of needs a win. Um, and especially coming off a, a full slate of IndyCar and F1. I mean, I feel like most of us diehard racing fans are probably going to stay up till three uh, East Coast here and sleep, <laughs> wake up IndyCar. Have some or have some breakfast, brunch, Indy car, and then go right into the cup race at Richmond. And by that point, we're probably a little caked out on racing. So hopefully, probably going to take a nap. good show. Hey yeah. man, NASCAR sometimes you need to have those mid afternoon naps. Like that's what golf fans live for is that mid afternoon. <laughs> I'm going to sleep before the leaders tee off. I'm waking up around hole when they're on hole eight. You know, as a NASCAR fan, I'm going to sleep around lap 60. I'm waking up around lap 260. And that's, you know, not every race needs to be an absolute banger. You don't want it to be boring as all hell. But after the last two weeks of just straight chaos that I've been dealing with, I'm kind of looking forward to something hopefully relaxing. Of course, there's a lot of tensions right now between the drivers. It wouldn't, you know, Richmond used to be, you know, they called it the, 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 the Pontiac excitement for a reason because there was a lot of excitement after the race was done. I think one of my core memories is the 2001 Richmond race where there was a couple fights after it. or was that, No, it was the 2002 one. But, you know, there's always been some kind of an incident at Richmond when it was a night tr- race. I mean, one of my favorite things a couple years ago was the uh, Ambrose-Casey uh, Mears fight. Where Ambrose the, threw a legitimate—you'll hear on this episode—legitimate, <laughs> legitimate punch in the face for Casey yeah. Mears. That is still one of the strongest hits I've ever seen. So I mean, yeah, I mean, a... its its nickname is quite literally the action track, and action it's been anything track. but that. So hopefully, hopefully, it can it can produce a little bit of magic here. I hope so, man. It's it's been it's been a couple of years. I just. <laughs> I, I, you know, you never know what you're gonna get. I think, as far as um, <laughs> as as far as the actual racing, but I think that strategy will have to play a part. I just linked the. Oh, it didn't work. I thought the gif was gonna play. I was trying to find the uh, the gif of the punch. I think it's gonna play a big part. Um, in the end, if we do stay green, I think these guys are more than capable of keeping it, keeping it nice and clean near the end, which will be fun. Yeah. Say what you well want. with well with that, shall we round out the field? Yeah, sure. Um, I guess we don't want to do picks this week. Oh fuck, I forgot about picks. I made picks. I did I'm sorry, Steve Lavender, if you're listening right now. Uh yeah, I, I noticed. Not. I looked at your I looked at your thing. Why yeah. don't let's let's just tweet our picks. I'll get the point standings finally set up this week. Um, That's only you, like a P25 on the weeks that I missed. That's fair. Yeah, here, here, here's what yeah. you can do. Here's what you can do. Let's go to Random Fantasy Racing, Kevin, and let's 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 pick your driver right now for this one. Because our boy Jay Methy, it is now um, week seven? Is it week six or seven? Uh, I think we're at week six. Uh, seven? Okay, so Methy. Oh, race seven. Is, Just kidding. Methy's P26 still. Good lord. <laughs> he is actually in contention to win the random fantasy racing this year. We're all rooting for him. Like, you know, I'm catching up, though, I will say. Nolan's in hell right now, by the way. I don't yeah, know if you've, awful. You, you've had some bad luck. I'm, even, I'm P2 even though I matched up with you one weekend and I matched up with, with Methy on the other weekend. So I've kind of been on your guys's coattail, but outside, the of, curse. outside of that, I'm just getting destroyed. <laughs> You're the jinx. It's you. I got, I got Suarez and there's a kind of a shot that he might not race. <laughs> this what, what do you mean? Is he going to get penalized? You think? Dude. Yeah. That's one thing we did. Honestly, like it's, I think it kind of helps that there was a lot of chaos during the race. And that's the main, main focus point. But Suarez literally, I mean, I was very that. close from turning Bowman into an NASCAR official on pit road. Yeah, I, that wasn't a good look. I will say yeah, that. No. It, I, he like was that, mad. It, <laughs> it was suspension material. I don't think he's going to get suspended, to be honest. But if they want to, he's definitely going to get a fat fine. I was going to say, uh, finer probation, probably. Yeah. So they don't put drivers I'll, on probation, though, anymore, do they? No, it's like it's it's a soft probation like 
I don't know. I feel like probation for the longest time, like when the driver got it, it was like, oh, it's such a big deal. And then it eventually gets to the point where it's like, this doesn't change fucking anything. So let's just get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, if, if they do replace him, I wonder who they put in the car. Put Justin back in the car, man. He ain't running a while. Yeah. He might know what he's doing. Is, is Kimmy still in the States? I don't think Kimmy wants, I, I think Kimmy does not want to do NASCAR for a while. I could imagine the radio is like, somebody fucking hit me. Yeah. What is this? He's good. I can't yeah, do a very I, good Kimmy Raikkonen anymore. You showed too much emotion in that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jensen Button was showing a lot of emotion afterwards. He had some good quotes. Yeah. Yeah. And Jensen will be coming back, though. He's doing uh, Chicago. I feel like Jensen mm-hmm. might... He what he's he's gonna figure out that like these drivers don't give a shit. I mean he's already figured it out. So if he learns to not give a shit, maybe that might amplify it. You know, maybe he might yeah. get better at this. I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see how he'll do in Chicago. I'm not really still looking forward to Chicago as I know exactly what it's gonna be like. We're gonna junk half the field in turn one. I'm still not convinced that track has enough runoff at some points. Oh, it absolutely doesn't. We're gonna have like remember the first year of the of uh, the Roval where everyone kind of jumped in in turn one. That's exactly yeah. what's gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, all right. So rounding our, do we want to talk any IndyCar? I know Nolan had some F1 stuff you want to talk about. Yeah. So. Um, I'm going to sound really bougie when I say this, but so next year, me and my wife with our in-laws or with my in-laws, her parents, uh, we are going on a Disney cruise in 2024 through the Mediterranean. Okay. She sent me, yeah. So she sent me the dates for it and I looked at the dates and I'm very familiar with Memorial Day weekend. And in my oh. head, I was like, oh. I was like, yo, I'm going to miss the Coke 600 and I'm going to miss Kyle Larson like starting in the Indy 500 and then it clicked with me and I was like, holy shit, I'm going to be in the area where Monaco is going to happen. So I look at the, at the potential schedule or at least like what ports we're calling to. And we are calling to Monte Carlo. So I have no idea a hundred percent. So I was looking at previous sailing schedules because they haven't announced where they're going exactly or, or they announced the ports but they haven't announced like when they're going to each port, but we're departing out of Spain. And in the past it's gone from this, it's gone from Spain to, you know, France or Monte Carlo, depending on where it goes. So we leave Barcelona on a Saturday. So that means on Sunday, there's a good chance that I might be in Monte Carlo when the Monaco race for F1 is going to happen. Yeah. I'm like, Holy crap. I'm like, I can't even believe that this is happening to be determined. Who knows? They could probably realize that a huge race is going on. Yeah. That's the what I'm worried about. They might, not, <laughs> they might not realize um, that there's a race going on uh, in that area. Hopefully. Yeah. Dude, if you, so I'm looking at where the port is for Monaco. It's literally right by the tunnel. 100%. Yeah. Cause That's I was crazy. looking to see like some of the pictures and you can see a bunch of like yachts and stuff like that during, you know, yeah, in the middle the of the race so, in the background. So many yachts there. I've never seen a cruise ship in the background in my, in all the years of watching Monaco. But I mean, that would be cool as hell if that doesn't change. Like yeah, if you right? get a chance to like watch, if you get a chance to watch the Monaco Grand Prix from your cruise ship, that's, that's the move right there. That's how you got to do it. Oh, I, I know. Awesome. So, I will keep you guys posted on how it actually works out. In my head, it, it's going to work out perfectly, but who knows? Things can change. I mean, but I will I figured... say this. <laughs> Even if it's like like you don't go the same weekend, it will still be set up if you go prior to uh, before the race. It will yeah. be somewhat set up for the races, so at least you'll get to be there and like check out the area. Kind of kind of the vibe of it. So Yeah, yeah I know. So I figured as uh, big F1 fans that you guys would appreciate the non-F1 oh, guy potentially going to Monaco yeah. next year. That would be awesome, man. That's I'm, really I'm cool, man. Hopefully it stays yeah. on the schedule, too, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, f- yeah fingers crossed. Um, yeah, damn, dude. That's coming up soon, too. Uh, all right. So 
that's that's some interesting F1 news that um yes. potentially <laughs> might be at. Someone's going to be at the Monaco Grand Prix, and potentially Kevin and I could be going to the Indy 500 that year, too. Because I know that's mm-hmm. something yeah. that we've been talking about. Uh, we well, let's all put it up. Like, no one's in Monaco. I'm in Indy. Anthony's in Charlotte. We, <laughs> we can all check in from a different oh, racetrack. Well, honestly, awesome. though, this is going to sound really cheesy, but like, if if that does work out, like, we should each like vlog our experience, oh, but, yeah. like, kind I of mean, tie I'm, it I'm... in into each other. I don't know. Just an no, idea. I'm totally down for doing more video content. That's what we should be doing, anyways. We also have Methy lives very close to the Indy 500. Like. We he he could already be there without us even knowing it at that point. Methy can go to Chicagoland and do the I'm at the wrong track. Oh, don't make him do that on 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 the best day of racing. <laughs> He'll cry. Um. <laughs> yeah. So we have F1 this weekend in Monaco or Monaco. God, see what you've done to me, Nolan. We have it in I'm Melbourne. So sorry. <laughs> it's the, the the do we think the Red Bull curse is going to continue? I've been waiting to see if there will be any sort of red bull disaster class with their reliability because it, it, it everything feels like it's running way too smoothly right now for them on I, pure pace i don't think anyone will beat max um this isn't a street track as well so checo won't be god tier it is a street course ah but it's it's it they is, literally are running not. on the like, streets it's, it's like canada it's, it's like Canada and honestly Miami too, where it's like it's not a street course, but it's 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 not like a purpose built road course either. It's yeah, it's, it's not a street not course. Paved, though, it's not before. a street course. It's not necessarily paved for the F one cars though. Yeah, well, it is, but it's it's a mixture. Basically, what I'm trying to say is Checo and his skill set does not it will not match with Australia. As it would on like a, a normal street course. It's valid. Why are you gonna um, with that being said, I'd be shocked if it's not a one-two, but that's why we watch because if it's not, then that probably means some chaos is going to happen. That would be awesome if we got a little bit of some chaos, some chaos, yeah. but some I'm chaos. not some 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 Victor Chaos. Oh. <laughs> I'm. I'm expecting at least like to have a little bit of fun um, with it. You know, it, it is a good reimagination of the track. I thought last year could have been a little bit more fun if they kept that third DRS zone potentially, but the speeds were a little insane. Well, they um, have it this year. They're going to have it this year. Yeah. So we'll see how that works. Well, okay, this is what they said also at this point last year as well, and then they removed it on, like, the Wednesday, so by the time this comes out, they might not yeah. have that DRS done. But as of right now, which is 7.33 Tuesday night before the Australian Grand Prix in the Eastern Central, no, Eastern Time Zone, uh, there is a fourth DRS zone. Yeah, we don't have Bethy on the show. There's no Central Time Zone. Uh, yeah, you're right. here. You, you, you can easily find this track on the map. I found it within two seconds of just zooming in on Melbourne. It's like yeah. literally in the middle. It's in the middle of downtown. One of, one of my most aesthetically pleasing uh, racetracks. I was talking to my girlfriend about it, and I was like, "This is one race where I will only stay up, honestly, because of the aesthetics." And it's nice too because they they try to make the race kind of later in the day as possible, so that the yeah. European fans can don't have to get up super duper early. Get good um, shots of the cars there too. Yeah, so the, the sun's usually setting too, which is it was really nice. Oh. Yeah, hopefully, um, I, I wonder what the weather's like this weekend. I know it's not super rainy in Melbourne this time of year, but let's see what the weather looks like. Uh, Melbourne, Australia. How about some IndyCar? What are we uh, thinking about that this weekend for that? Because I know last year it was a Penske power power showing last year. So do we think it's going to be the same thing? I, I wish I could tell you. I, I, I really don't know what to expect with it. Um just because it's kind of a, it's almost like a lame duck uh, super speedway race before the yeah. 500 and like the teams that are really Cut fast in Texas aren't really fast in Indy. Like, Penske last year was super fast in Texas and struggled all the month of May. Um, so we'll see. Um, I'm hoping that Scott McLaughlin can finish the race this time and doesn't get passed on the last lap because that was pretty heartbreaking to see last year. Uh, and or finishes but, the race in general. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't dive bomb uh, Grosjean. There is a 40% chance of rain on Sunday. Oh, 
which could be something. It doesn't show up on AccuWeather, so I don't know when it's. Yeah. Uh, I will say, um, let's see. not really a big chance of rain in Melbourne this weekend, but it is a high of uh, 65 low of 48 that day with potential rain so okay could be interesting be. um i hope it doesn't rain in texas i'd like those races to just stay on schedule so i don't have to have too much overlapping with the races yeah but, uh, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see um i i feel like just playing off the hot hand i know indycar is usually consistent with having inconsistent winners but i feel like marcus erickson is beginning his um his rise to the uh, IndyCar supremacy here. It's mm-hmm. it's beginning. We are in the middle of it, or in the beginning process of it right now. He's he looks really good, and he had a good race here last year, if I recall correctly. I think he finished uh, in the top five. Did he? He might have. <laughs> I'm looking right now. I'm looking. Maybe. I'm 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 looking forward to it. I. Uh... Hopefully Joseph Newgarden doesn't win again. That's just yeah. Marcus Erickson finished third last year. Yeah, I'm I'm picking Marcus Erickson to win that one. Honestly, I think that he's he's on a roll right now. I'm hoping for my Scotty Mac revenge tour, but but we'll see. Who do you, who do you uh, want to see do well tomorrow or tomorrow on Sunday, Nolan? Um, so I really enjoyed the uh, race the IndyCar race uh, about a month ago, which is really sad. Um, I'm going to pick <laughs> yeah. Alex. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because that was so much fun. Like I, I, uh, I was really into it. And I, and, and, and a part of that was because of you know, speaking of, of broadcast stuff, the, uh, their NBC crew is awesome. I thought that oh, yeah. they are like state of the art. Like that's how a broadcast booth should work. But I'm going to, I'm going to choose Alexander Rossi and and the reason for that is I I've I've really grown to like him and mm-hmm. I'm very curious to see how he's going to do with Aero McLaren. Uh so he's currently fourth in the standings right now. Uh and so it's it'll be cool to kind of see whether or not he can keep up with like, you know, a Pato award um, yeah. as kind of the, like the new guy on the street. Pato is very good at these things. You know, last year he didn't really get the chance to show it as much, I think, but like 2 years ago he won here, I'm pretty sure. So Yep. Yep. Uh he's he's usually good at Texas. So and Aaron McLaren usually brings a good super speedway uh car, pseudo super speedway car. So we'll we'll see how that works. And hopefully Rossi has a better race than last year. He only completed eleven laps. So he probably wants to get out there and actually show what the speed of that uh Chevy can do. So we'll see. Um So yeah, I that 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 maybe Texas will put on a good show. I don't know. It's it's tough. Yeah, how how is the racing typically on and, like oval racetracks? Because I seem to tune in for the IndyCar races during the road courses and not necessarily on the ovals. Depends who you talk to. I think that like the Indy Five Hundred, they have the perfect package right now. Um, I agree. The uh, it wasn't it wasn't bad. Like last year was weird. I thought that twenty twenty one was really good. Yeah, um, there was a lot of parody really in it. Last year, Scotty Mack dominated the entire thing up until turns three and four. The last lap, <laughs> it, it seems the leader. If you're in clean air, you're you're riding pretty. You have nothing to worry about. Passing is very hard. Texas is also built like an idiot, so you know it's not a good track in general. Um, yeah, and they they, they kind of they have to stick to the bottom. You can try and go too wide in three and four. It doesn't work. Many drivers have found that out the hard way, unfortunately, and had some very bad impacts with the wall over the years. I remember last year, Devlin DeFrancesco had a huge wreck there um, because he tried to make a dumb move. So it's, it's not great. I think that overall ovals, like I like Iowa. I know a lot of people aren't like super fond of the racing there. And mostly it's because, you know, um, New Garden dominates, but I think the oval package for the low down force is fine. Gateway, I think, is awesome. Mm-hmm. So see, I like. I, I think it. I like Texas more than Iowa um, right now with the IndyCar. I don't know. I'm like Iowa. The being on a short track is just kind of. There's not much that can happen when the car is like you can't really outbreak a guy into a corner. It's like the laps or passes take like ten laps to build, which is like yeah, it's part of it. But yeah, I don't know. Um, they they'd be better off doing different tracks, I think. Um, yeah, in IndyCar, like the there, like as far as ovals would go, that would probably be better. I mean, we all know that Chicago Land and Kansas would be fantastic for IndyCar. It's just whether or not the drivers want to go there, and obviously with 
just Chicagoland not really existing right now. Um, I think Nashville would be a good one. They used to race there back in the day. Yep. Um, but that would shred tires is the problem. Um, because of the concrete. <laughs> Darlington, give me advice. Darlington would be the worst IndyCar race you've <laughs> ever seen. So You'd see funny. the worst crashes you've ever seen in your life, I feel like. We can't do that. We we, we definitely cannot do Atlanta. Um, uh, no. I've I've actually been to a well, – back when it was IRL. I've been to an, uh, I, an IRL race. That's so hard to say now. Um at Atlanta Motor Speedway, what? it was pretty wild. Wait, did yeah, you go to the so, one where the eight, like eighteen cars all got in that wreck? Uh, I don't know because I was I was young. I mean, I was there a kid. Yeah, I do. Uh, they need to go I back don't... to Homestead. Homestead is such a good track for IndyCar Homestead racing because be... it's uh, agreed. Um, here, let me find that. They used thing. to go to Richmond. Yeah, yeah, they yeah they used to go yeah. They were supposed to go to Richmond in 2020, and then 2020 happened. Yeah, um, where else? I mean, like, Michigan, obviously, is, like, a classic for open-wheel racing. I think it's a fantastic track, but there was just... There's the fear of it because of Auto Club. And it's, it's why we don't do anything like that. The drivers are scared of it and it, it, rightfully so it's it's putting their life at risk you know that's why we don't do pocono anymore and for other reasons yeah. but you know i would like to see more ovals i think that they have an opportunity to really do some good stuff there so yeah um want to round out the field kevin yeah i was saying besides that i don't really have much except for uh i don't even know what i have at this point to be honest um did we miss any big NASCAR news while we were gone the ratings were down for Coda. Every yeah. race has been down in ratings. That's not great. Um, oh, um, some some tough news. Um, big Machine Racing team owner Scott Borchetta was hospitalized after wrecking yeah. in Road Atlanta. That was that was a really um, really scary looking wreck. Did you see a picture of that car? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. There's no video yeah. of the wreck. The car is destroyed. It looked and like look, uh, who was it? Was it Jeff? Fuller at like Kansas or Kentucky when he slammed that inside wall. You're thinking the, the, you mean uh, like Christian Elder at at Chicagoland, like where he slammed the outside wall. I was thinking he hit flattened. the inside wall for turn two, but the Christian Elder reference is a, is a good one as well. Like it shifted the whole like like frame of frame. the car over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I, you know, obviously, you know, hoping that he's okay. Unfortunately, um, he's also involved in that. Uh, controversy with taylor swift so a lot of i'm not i'm not gonna put all the taylor swift fans in this a lot of them are normal people but there were just some very abnormal fans basically celebrating his injury if you're one of those people consider not being that type of person that would i'm gonna be completely honest i have no fucking clue what you're talking about I, I, so, I is the owner of big machine records who was the yeah. o- who owned a lot of taylor's music and that was the controversy that she didn't uh... own her own music so, like, Taylor Swift fans hate Scott Porchetta. Yeah, so they hate him. He's one of the people. And so with this accent, a lot of the, her fans were, like, celebrating it. And, I mean, look, even if, like, I know she herself would say, don't celebrate injury like that. Don't celebrate death like that, you know? It's just, it's a <laughs> shitty look. So, you know, we're wishing the best for Scott's recovery. Because, um, obviously, we don't, we, don't, we don't see a lot of accents like that and something like that in a in a trans am race like that's just wild to see a wreck like that road atlanta yeah. i don't even know where that was on the track to be honest um so yeah hoping he's okay um i'm looking to see if there was anything else yo i, I will say going back to coda I, I got a little choked up when kurt bush got a little choked up during the broadcast yeah. you missed it kevin but he 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 misses it man he he clearly misses it I heard, uh, I, I saw the clip on YouTube and the, or on uh, hope, Twitter, and it was really good. I hope good. he comes yeah. back. I know it's unlikely, but I hope that, like, in, like, it'll be like one of those Jimmy Johnson things where he was gone for a couple years. We thought he was retired, and he's back all of a sudden. I hope Kurt well, He's, he's not cleared yet. That's the thing. I know. I don't know when he ever will be. I just, I, yeah. I miss, I miss having Kurt Busch on the track, man. He is, he, yeah. it took a long time for me to really appreciate how awesome he was. 
he genuinely is like one of my like all like all time favorites watching his entire career. Like I saw his first win. I was there for his championship at, at Homestead. He lost the tire right in front of where I was sitting, man. It was crazy. Did you did you blow on the tire from the grandstands and that's what made it go down pit road? <laughs> yeah. Or go Yeah, no, go he down went down pit road, pit road yeah. because of me, obviously. Uh-huh. Boy. It's a wild day. Um there's really not a lot of stuff news wise. Yeah. That's all I got. <laughs> um, yeah, so make sure, um, you know, special shouts out to Rogue Media for producing the podcast. Um, you know, just want to give them a special shouts out. So thank you, Rogue Media. Um, make sure uh, in a couple of weeks we have our first ever sponsored iRacing event. Um, the LTLN powered by Rogue Media 500, quote unquote 500, at Talladega is going to be broadcasted on YouTube. Um, check out Pit Stop TV. They're going to be doing the broadcast. They've, they've done a great job this season. Um, I'm actually running a fun car next week. I'll tell you guys about it after the broadcast. I'm going to wait to debut it on YouTube. So make sure to check that out. Make sure to subscribe to us on uh, iTunes, Spotify. Um, make sure to favorite roguemedianetwork.com and find our podcast on it. Sorry, I was going to give the whole URL, but that's a waste of time. <laughs> Just go to roguemedianetwork.com. We are on the front page. You can easily find us. The website is super accessible. All our episodes are on there. Make sure to check that out. And also make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Guys, do you have anything you want to promote? Um, yeah, if, uh, good racing standards is what I would like to promote. (laughs) I, I agree with Kevin on that one. Yeah. Yeah, Make sure that these guys are racing well and not acting like jerks on the racetrack and making the racing not fun. Um, And I am be real. Yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, speaking, speaking of social. Yeah. So NASCAR Nolan on be real. Uh, that's God. super important to me. Um, a quick, quick promotion on, on my end, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and then YouTube. I'm one person away from hitting 150 subscribers on YouTube. I'm going to do yeah, a shameless right plug now. here. So right if, if you don't want to watch me talk about NASCAR every once in a while, I'll put up a funny meme short thing. So make sure you go subscribe if you want some more NASCAR content. I'm sorry to tell everyone who thought they were going to be subscriber 150, but you've already been beaten to it. I am subscriber 150. Woo! Damn. Love it. Congratulations, Nolan, on 150 subscribers. Yes. Call me call me a Mew because I'm about to be the original 150. I hate you. Oh, you, guys are, uh, you guys <laughs> are the best. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, no worries, man. Make sure you subscribe there. and We'll, we'll have a YouTube page for ourselves at some point. We've been saying that for years, but once we all figure out how to do this shit, we'll... We'll have it down for y'all. Um, all right, cool. Uh, until next time, I've been Anthony. I've been Kevin. And I've been Nolan. See you guys uh, next week. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.